This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. This is LGBT Plus History Month. Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggan Show. This is the third episode of our LGBT Plus History Month specials. We've got a very, very exciting show coming up today. We've got the absolutely amazing Sue Sanders from LGBT Plus History Month. She is the founder and she'll be joining us later on. We've also got Aurora Shebang and Justin Bond from the world's first drag syndrome drag collective called Drag Syndrome and joined opposite me right now in the studio. I'm joined by Ben Taylor. How are you doing? Hello, Callum. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, you're right. Very, very good. I feel like we just came into the studio very fast. It was flustered. a bit of a rush, wasn't it? it, was <laughs> it was, like, wow, here we go. We were all getting acquainted in the next room. It got <laughs> got very, very excited. It did. Um, we are here to talk about disability yes, uh, this week. Um, and so t- tell me a little bit about what it is that you do. Okay, so yeah, I'm a nurse by profession, um, but I specialise in people, adults, children with learning disabilities. Um, it's one of the ner- five fields of nursing that a lot of people don't really know about because mm-hmm. it works with the population that is, seems to be quite hidden in society. It's only been sort of the last, I don't know, 20 years that uh, their profile is being raised better. Yeah. People are recognising that they deserve to be counted as part of the population. Yeah. You know, going back to the 90s, you know, they were seen as second class citizens, you know, and very many of them, mostly obviously with learning disabilities, would be in institutions locked away because because they were seen as, you know, uh, reprobates or people that, you know, were not functioning in society who didn't deserve to function in society. So, And that's really not that long know. ago. That's, no, that's well, this scary. Is, well, it's 25 years ago. I mean, I think it was the 90s when they s- realised that they should start closing them down. Yeah. And that people deserve to live a normal life like everyone else. I mean, yeah. what is normal nowadays, you know? Um, back then, they were not seen as normal. Um, and, you know, for them to then also start expressing that, they want to be lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or drag queens, as we're going to have on later on, yeah. or drag kings. Um, you know, I think it's an amazing thing. Um, and people like myself go into that line of work, I think, because they want to make a difference for long-term benefit of people with special needs. Yeah. Um, they need people like us to stand up for them, um, help them be counted, not because they don't have a voice of their own, but because of the disabilities that they can present with, like communication issues, um, you know, physical disabilities, you know, they need people like us to help them identify themselves and yeah. be themselves, really. I do, th- I do think when it comes to visibility, I think mm. there, is a, there is an issue mm. there, you know, because even mm. on this show, we've had mm. several people, LGBT plus yeah, people sure. living with disabilities on the show yeah. before. Mm. But when it comes to learning disabilities, yeah. it's, I, it's not something I don't, I'm pretty sure we've not covered that before. No. And it's also in like sure. the mainstream media and in movies and TV. I feel like it's not something that we're exposed to very often. No, and I think that is part of the issue. I think, you know, um, looking to people with learning disabilities in that sense that you know there's 13 million people in the UK who have a disability not necessarily uh, learning disability but physical disability um, so and there's only about 2 million people in the UK with a learning disability yeah um, and of course so that's a very small amount already so because of that they're very marginalised in terms of what they're exposed to in their own lives you know they f- often feel isolated um, alone um, and often forgotten out of the hidden society really um you know and i think even if there's just a hundred of them in the population we deserve to uh well sorry they deserve 
to be given the opportunity to live a fulfilling life as just as we do. Yeah. Um, and as time's going on, um, you know, we're doing a lot more work now in terms of sex education for, for these individuals. Um, more well, now. So that, that, that's, that's what I was going to kind of come on to mm. next. Is yeah, I sure. think there's lots of, you know, we talk about LGBT plus issues mm-hmm. and we talk about the issues that people with disabilities yeah. might mm. face. But I mm. think the intersection between mm. those two things, like a lot of intersectional minorities, it's mm. not something I imagine there's a lot of unique sets of needs that those people need. And sex yeah, education was going to be the first yeah. one. Um, I think, you know, um, again, going back to that, though, you know, only... 25 years ago, they were just locked away and hidden away. Yeah. You know, the fact that there's not many people out there that want to touch on these taboo subjects, um, to you and I, they may be normal, but how dare people with special needs, you know, how dare they want to have a relationship? You know? Yeah. And that's how it was, you know, um, you can't, can't, you know, can't comprehend that, you know, how dare they have children, you know, they can't have children or anything like that, you know. Um, and I think it's an amazing thing that now they're starting to come into the mainstream world in terms of, you know, experiencing drag life, you know. Um, there's places um, out there that are developing um, platforms for them to come out and express themselves. Um, but I think there's a lot more work needs to be done. Mm. Um, and someone myself who considers myself to be gay, a gay man, um, who, you know, I haven't necessarily had many adversities myself in life, but, um, you know, I found it difficult coming out and being myself. You know, I feel I owe it to people with special needs to help them. Yeah. You know, so it's it's... Amazing thing, as I was saying. You know, are there any other kind of unique um, I, I, d- difficulties, I guess, that people mm. may face if they are both LGBT plus and living with a learning disability? Um, I think um, it's being recognised that these people um, can actually have a sexual orientation. Mm. You know, um, just going back into the mainstream world. You know, if you look at like sort of gay clubs, um, services in the in the community, places to visit. You know, social aspects. You know, most people can't even get into those things, you know, especially if they're yeah. in wheelchairs. Um, you know, they face discrimination in that way. Um, and it's non-direct discrimination, but it's still an issue to them, you know. And I think um, they're just not thought about enough, really, you know. Um, especially in the LGBT world, obviously, we're a very open um, society, you know. We want to have equal opportunities for everyone. But um, I think they're easily forgotten about because they don't have a voice. Yeah. Um, in the metaphors, you know, they do have a voice, but they need people that to do that for them you know a, a friend of mine was attending um pride in i think it was los angeles and they were in west oh, well, hollywood yeah. Yeah. um and they were trying to get into one of the clubs mm-hmm. um with their friend who was a lesbian woman who yeah. used a wheelchair yeah. and when they got to the kind of front of the club mm. um to try and get in they were yeah. told that they shouldn't be trying to get in yeah. and she was told that she shouldn't be attending pride if yeah. she was in a wheelchair because mm-hmm. it was seen as an inconvenience yeah. to other people around yeah. her and that I, when i heard that i just thought that's absolutely heartbreaking. And the fact that, yeah. and I know that this was just, you know, some doorman who was hired mm. and it probably doesn't represent the views of the yeah, club. Of but even still, and I bet that happens a lot more than we even yeah. realise. Um, you know, someone I used to work with um, is in a wheelchair, um, isn't, hasn't got a learning disability, so is able, you know, has the mindset, has the capability of comprehension to understand yeah. you know, thoughts, feelings, and what people are saying to him. Um, and he, same, very same thing, went to a, a local nightclub, um, goes in, but of course, only the foyer can, he can access he can't get because there's no stairs and he said you know can you help me up there and they go oh no you're not allowed in we don't have your sort in here your um, sort oh that's, that's and awful that, that's again you know it isn't the view of the, perhaps the club or, or society in general but people still have those attitudes you mm. know and even if there's still just a dozen people with that attitude you know it's gonna it's gonna 
be a determinant for people who are disabled to yeah. be able to live a full and independent life expressing who they are, you know. And going back to a point you made um, just a moment ago mm. about the kind of, I think there is almost an issue with us almost desexualizing people with learning disabilities. Yeah. Like there's, I think there's a tendency for a lot of people to kind of look at those people mm-hmm. and say, oh, like you were saying, yeah. oh, they, they can't have a sexuality. They can't lead a yeah. sex life. Like where, where do you think that comes from? Is it, is it, it, it almost seems condescending. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just the way life was or used to be in terms of that they were not equal mm. you know they were second class citizens you know um, a lot like um, black people were in the 60s you know? yeah. um, they were human beings yeah but they weren't they weren't the you know the white supreme um, that's not that's quite extreme case but it's very much the, it's the same sort of thing really um, you know people don't want them to um, live normal lives because they because well yeah they're just I don't know really you know mm. it's just it's hard to pinpoint really it's slowly disappearing now yeah um you know but unfortunately people still feel like that you know even in services that i work in you know the people still dismiss them you know going into hospital um you'll you get people that will just ignore them you know talk over them not to them yeah you know um they're the experts in their own life you know why don't you just ask them you know mm. and that's what people don't do you know and i think that's what it is you know there just isn't enough people out there recognizing their needs you know and you know, more can be done, you know. What would you say to somebody? I mean, I, I think this kind of even applies mm. to myself, to mm. all the people out there who maybe aren't exposed to people mm. with disabilities mm. or with learning disabilities. Mm. What would you say to those people? Because I think sometimes if you're, if you're, not, expe- if you're not regularly meeting mm. those people, mm-hmm. um, you may not understand like their specific yeah, needs, etc. And I think that's what it is. I think, you know, uh, go back to the, back in the days when we were all at school, you know, if you're not exposed to sex education, you, you know, you don't know, you know, you're, you're only exposed to what you're, you're given. Yes. You know, so I think, I think those that are in the public eye or those that are in services where they promote equality um, and identity, I think it's just taking that step back and recognising that these people exist, you know, um, even if there was just 10 of them in the country, you know, yeah. they exist and they, you know, just spare a thought for these individuals, you know, um, and think that, you know, you're changing people's lives, you know. I mean, of course, in the LGBT world, you know, people's lives often are not living to the full as they want them to. Yeah. But they're not held back by inabilities in themselves, you know, in yes. terms of communication, disability, neurodisabilities, that sort of thing, um, visual disabilities, you know, being in a wheelchair. So I think, you know, like going back, I just think people need to just take a step back um, include them in anything they can, you know. Um, take take five minutes just to read into what some of the issues that these people have. You know, um, not being too morbid, but actually, but a lot of people with learning disabilities um, on average die near thirty years younger oh, just gosh. for having a learning disability. I had no idea. It's common, unfortunately. Um, not as bad as it used to be, and, um, that, and, that, and that's a societal thing because the, yeah. the, the support systems aren't in place. Is um, that, is that more right? More so, yeah. More so that you know. Um, we're not recognising the health. We call it sort of diagnostic overshadowing. So, yeah. like you know, doctors, GPs, uh, professionals, um, no one in particular would say, "Oh, it's just his learning disability." You know, when actually you know, he's got heart disease. You know, right. he's a human being. They have illnesses just as r- much as we do. Um, so, uh, so, so, so you're saying that people would go in and complain of having symptoms or pains, well, and yeah, they, they would be would, overlooked. Know, they would, yeah, they would. They would say, oh, "I'm having a pain here," or, "Or I'm having terrible. I'm having terrible issues going to the toilet." And they'd be like, "Well, what do you expect? You know, you, you know, you, oh, that's not, that's awful. You know, you know, that's actually heartbreaking." I mean, I don't think you get such extreme opinions now. I mean, unfortunately, you do. I mean, you probably see in the media of people 
all these instances of people especially dying younger mm. just through simple things as constipation you know so to, you know in terms of learning disabilities and lgbt there's such a long way to go absolutely um and the guests that you got on later the um drag drag syndrome, syndrome. Yeah. are just amazing you know i've heard about them before and i just think you know they're so brave because not many individuals like that have the confidence to go out and just think sod it i'm doing it yeah, yeah they are absolutely amazing i just mm-hmm. had the pleasure of meeting them just now and they'll be joining Rowdy us bunch, aren't they? they'll be joining us <laughs> in about 15 minutes but before we do that we are going to be chatting to the founder of lgbt plus history month that is the absolutely wonderful um sue sanders but should we have a bit of music first I think we should, eh? Yeah, it sounds good. All right, let's have a bit of Girlfriend by Christine and the Queens. Chris. We are now joined by the absolutely beautiful, the absolutely wonderful. It is Sue Sanders. How are you doing, Sue? I'm very well and delighted to be with you. Oh, it's great to have you. And I love that enthusiasm in your voice. I've I've been watching a lot of your videos and things that have been going around recently. And you you always bring so much enthusiasm to the table. Well, I've been at it for a long time and I'm very passionate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also joined here in the studio by the wonderful Ben Taylor, who is a disability nurse. And he Mm -hmm. is also a, a, a proud gay man himself. I am. I am, yes. Um, Great to meet you. Nice to meet you, Sue. Well... Radio, meet you. you know. Over the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Over the radio. <laughs> um, let's talk about LGBT Plus History Month because we are doing these specials for your special month. And this is something that you, I, I mean, I say your special month, it's all of our special month. But you, you, are, indeed. you are the person who created this. Well, me and Paul Patrick, who was my co chair of schools out at the time, yeah. both of us were teachers. Paul was a full timer, I was doing supply and other weird and wonderful things. But we were both utterly frustrated by the total silence about lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans people in schools. Yeah. And we obviously had Section 28, which had gone on for 15 years. Ironically, it never made it illegal to, to do it in schools, but everybody thought it did. So it was, there was silence. Yeah, there was a lot of fear. And it, was, it was dreadful. It was appalling. And there was lots of homophobic bullying going down, and it was all appalling. So we thought, well, if we had a month which celebrated LGBT people based on the model of Black History Month, maybe that would make a difference. Mm. So we went to the Department of Education, we asked for a bit of money to set up a website, and our picture was a website which would would have resources on it, but would give a calendar for people to put their own events on, because at that point, and indeed now, we are all volunteers, none of us get paid, we don't have any funding, but we just keep going and doing all these amazing things. But there are 1,700 events on our website at the wow, moment. that's amazing. That's and predominantly, incredible. that's everybody else. I mean, we, we have produced 18, which I'll tell you more about in a minute. But there's a plethora of really exciting stuff from discos to theater to quizzes to conferences to dances to drag events to storytelling. You name it, it's happening in the vise of LGBT, which is truly wonderful. And is this all in London, is this, or is this all over no, no, the UK? No, 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 this is around the country, darling. Wow, this it's is amazing. international. Wow. And in fact, Out in the Past, which is our, um, our own event, which is a, a specifically history event, I mean, all the things that other people do can be all sorts of weird and wonderful things, not necessarily specifically about history. But mm-hmm. the Out in the Past Festival is a history festival, and we have 18 hubs, and we're in Northern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, England, Norway, Sweden, and last Saturday we had our first 
international one in New York. That's wow. amazing. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah. I, I, I think it's really cool. And I think it's amazing that all of these like events are springing up. And I think sometimes people people want people, you know, people care about LGBT plus history and people care about LGBT plus issues. And I think sometimes mm. people just they need an excuse to do something. And I think that's what LGBT plus history month does. I think it gives people an excuse to go, you know what, I'm going to do something special. I'm going to fundraise or I'm going to talk about issues. And I mean, like even here, we're doing these radio shows. And this mm. is because you've given us this opportunity. Well, it's a space to celebrate ourselves and it's a a space to find out about ourselves because, you know, we don't know what happened in our past. You know, there's lots of uncovering now of people who had same-sex relationships in the past. We wouldn't Mm. call them lesbian and gay back in the 17th or 18th century. They didn't have that concept, Mm. but they were having same sex. Um, they, They didn't see themselves, they didn't identify as gay, but their behavior was. Yeah. So, you know, we have to be careful about language. But it's really exciting. I mean, when we asked for presentations for Out in the Past, this year we had over 100 offers. So there are people beavering away all around the country, really discovering the most exciting things like lesbian suffragettes or finding out about mermaids and how mermaids are linked throughout the world in all sorts of different cultures to same-sex love and to gender identity. So there's all sorts of wonderful, exciting things going down it's that a, people are uncovering. It's, am- it's amazing. And, and do you think we are starting to kind of reclaim our history now? Because, you know, when I, I, was, think- when I was growing up in school, I, I certainly I didn't have any kind of historical LGBT plus figures to look up to. And, and, and now I do, you know. Well, you mm. did, but of course they were I didn't know who they were, were yeah. You didn't know how they were. I mean, I am 72, so it was a long time ago when I was at school. But, I mean, I, I studied Virginia Woolf. But at no point did anybody tell me if she was bisexual. Yeah, of course. And it would have made a massive difference to my life if I had known that. I mean, I... Um, I- in school, like I mean, we we read some Oscar Wilde, and and exactly. and, no, and nobody thought to tell me that he was gay. And no. It's like such no. a well, such actually, in, integral. He was bisexual. Oh, bisexual. Oh. See, I, you educate me, Sue. Yes, <laughs> no, 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 well, I think it, I think it's important because often the bi's get get lost. Yes, and and Oscar was bisexual. He was married. He had kids. You know, and he had relationships with men. So you know, he was bisexual. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Wow. Uh, ben, you starstruck there. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> if I need, I need this. Yeah. Ben, you were talking um, about. So, did, did you say that there were some events around LGBT plus? Yeah, history sure. Month? So, um, in terms of um, people with learning disabilities, there isn't much out there. I mean, of course, they're free to engage with all um, services that are offered for LGBT people. But even though safe spaces are not essentially safe for them because yeah. they're not they're not equipped for to understand their needs you know for people with disabilities they can't access these things um you know so there's not many out there but there's uh, a couple of things called one supported loving um they're a service that um offer um advice and support in terms of relationships and sex education yeah um and now lgbtqi um training for those professionals or even those with learning disabilities you know they're having the opportunity now to learn how to express themselves you know i think it's what we we're talking about earlier that you know having an lgbt history month helps with the exposure for those in mainstream um in the mainstream world you know, yeah. who, who who don't relate to being lgbt or disabled you know it allows them the opportunity to see what we're about you know um you hear about all this all the time don't you about around the world that you know it's international this day international that day you know so i think it's only fair that we have a whole month you know to make up for it Absolutely. I, 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 and we also have a, a, a disability month, oh, which wow. is November, yes. December. That's right, yes. Um, 
and you know i think there's a lot more that we could do around that in terms of promoting their identity you know like the drag syndrome group um you know there's not much of that around you know and it's it's only now in the last few years that they started to have the confidence so i think because of the exposure of having lgbt history month i think is one of the one of the things you know it's giving a platform it, yeah it inquires them what oh what's that you know well, i could be this too you know yeah i i think the running theme through kind of all of this is that is that there are so many people lgbt plus people who are mm. you know living now here in the present who we need to be shouting about we need to yeah, be celebrating mm. but also that there are so many people that have come before us that we also need to be raising up and yep. i think we just kind of Absolutely. we so often talk about lgbt plus representation and mm. when we do we talk about it in things like films and yep. stuff but actually i think it's it's the real day-to-day people yep. you know those are role models yep. as much as a celebrity or well, anyone yeah, else can be you know these people um back in um back in the day whenever that was um you know who before you know they even had a name you know these people were fighting the hidden fight you know and that's very much kind of what lens abilities nurses do really um, not just for lgbt obviously it's an aspect of what i do for everyone but yeah so it's 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 echoed in our world really and and sue what 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 is the future of lgbt plus history month what do, where do you want to see your baby go and grow well I, I certainly want it to 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 grow in schools i mean there are some schools that have absolutely embraced it amazing um, but there are schools that don't touch it don't know anything about it um in fact i was at the house of commons this morning discussing how further education colleges could do more mm. to link up with the whole issue around apprenticeships and LGBT yep. people utilizing apprenticeships. And the, the, one of the things that has been has come out is that there's more bullying in FE schools in colleges mm. than there are in schools. And you yeah. kind of think, you know, that's not, not good enough. So I think the whole mm. concept of training our teachers and training our educators is crucial. You can be a teacher and never have any equality and diversity training, which is outrageous, and we mm. need to change that. And one of the things that we did after we set up LGBT History Month, because we didn't want to be corolled into one month, and in fact this year we've got lots of events happening in March, and I'll tell you a bit about that in a minute. But after we set up the month, we then set up another website, which was The Classroom. And on there, we've got over 80 lesson plans that usualize, and I coined that word because I don't think we can use normal. I know you didn't. I like that word. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we usualize LGBT people across the curriculum. So in maths, in English, in geography, in biology, for all ages, from primary mm. school through to secondary school. So what we're saying is don't do the gay lesson. Make sure that we're in all the lessons. Make us yeah, usual yeah, throughout the school. That, that, so that's we're amazing. Actually start, you know, we're challenging the, the prejudices and the stereotypes in, in the hope then that we get rid of homophobia. But yeah. homophobia is still alive and well, and you may not know, but after the referendum, reported hate crime, reported homophobic crime went up 147%. Wow, amazing. Now that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, and I it's think horrible. You know, the, the work that LGBT History Month does and the classroom does is an attempt to actually educate out prejudice. So actually enable people to, to, to be educated and enable them to know who LGBT people in all their diversity are, not just white gay men, yeah. but black, lesbian, disabled, able-bodied, mm. you know, young, old, so that people actually start recognizing the diversity of the community and what the community have actually done to enable this society to be in the place where they are. 
I, I think it, I think it's a really important thing to note that you know this kind of education, this knowledge, does have a direct impact on those things, on on bullying, on like hate crimes and things like that, and and and, and ultimately that's the you know that's the point yeah. of educating people to make the world a yeah. little bit more inclusive. Um, Sue, and, I know I, I know you're super super keen to tell me about the events coming up in March. Um, yes, so, t- I am. so t- hit me with those. I want to hear all about it. <laughs> okay, well this Saturday. We have um, Outing the Past, the History Festival, is both in Brighton, so there's a whole lot of people in Brighton, and they're also having, in the Brighton Pavilion, they're having a, 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 a gay day as well as the Outing the Past, but it's a great day to be in Brighton. And also in Liverpool, we've got um, events all Saturday. So that's this coming Saturday. Mm. And then um, in, in, we we're in Cork and in Derry in, on the 2nd of March. And then, should you wish to go over to... Sweden, we're on the 9th of March, we're in Sondersea, <laughs> and then Amazing. the 9th of March, we're also in Belfast, we've got a, a, a great day in Belfast, and then on the 16th of March, we're in Bolton. Now, Out in the Past also does theatre, so we have worked with an amazing playwright called Stephen Hornby, and he finds stories that haven't been told before from researchers and puts them on stage, and this year, we've got a fabulous story about guys in Bolton who got interested in Walt Whitman and actually went over to meet him and then had to start thinking about what their sexuality was as they began to realize why they were meeting together and reading his work. Oh, wow. It's a fascinating story. And Walt Mm. Whitman is being played by a black actress. So the whole concept of Mm. of challenging, you know, gender Gender and and identity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all in there to try and get people to, to think about lots of different things. And then at the end of the month, we're in Belfast again, and we bring together activists and academics so we can network and we can look up the work that needs to be done internationally. And, of course, one of the biggies is the fact that, yes, we may have laws here, but, of course, there are many countries where LGBT people are suffering the most appalling difficulties being put into concentration camps and, and just generally being attacked. So, you know, we have to look at, at, at how we work with and make it safe for everybody across the world. Yeah, absolutely. And also how we challenge our own governments, because how LGBT people coming into this country looking for safety in asylum are treated atrociously, and we have to do a yep. lot of work to challenge how the Home Office are dealing with, as well as, and I'm sure Ben will be more than aware of this, how uh, the Department of, of, of Pensions and, and are atrociously dealing with people who have disabilities and saying, oh, no, you can work. We'll take away your benefits. We'll Absolutely. take away, yeah. you know, how and so there's a lot of work to be done there. Yeah, amazing. I, I, I mean, Sue, I, th- I feel like we could talk about these things all day long, um, but that is all we have time for. It sounds like you're doing so many amazing things all over. I mean, I wish I could hop on over to Sweden and join you. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to make that one. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> well, make Belfast. Come to the conference at the end of the month. Okay, I'll hop. I can do Belfast. That's not that far yeah. away. Mm. Well, it would be splendid if you came to the Belfast conference because I think a friend of mine came and he said, oh, I'm not an academic. But he said, Goddess, I can't tell the difference between activists and academics. Everything is so accessible, which is how we design it. The that's whole point amazing. Is yeah. that we all come together and we all learn together. That's amazing. I think that's what's important, isn't it? You know, working together, you know, for the same goal, really. Yes. Absolutely. Well, Sue, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for coming on. But also, thank you so much for all you're doing. I mean, we're all indebted to you. You're you're an absolute hero. Well, there are thousands out there making it all happen. I don't, I've just made the space and people, thank goddess, have grabbed it and used it. And it gives me mm. enormous pleasure 
that they have done so. So gracious, so yes. gracious. That's why we love you. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you guys. Um, I'm going to play you. you out with a little bit of Under Pressure by Queen. And then we're going to be oh, joined brilliant. by Ooh, wow. Drag Syndrome, which is going to be oh, amazing. Awesome. See you later, Sue. Bye. Bye. This is LGBT Plus History Month. I am now joined by the absolutely amazing guys from Drag Syndrome. So I'm joined in the studio by the amazing Harara Shebang. Hello. Uh, the incredible Justin Bond. Oh, what's up? And mm-hmm. the lovely Daniel Daniel Vice Daniel Vase Vice yeah, Vice that is right the Daniel Vice. It's amazing to have you guys here. Thank um, you. So, Harora, do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about Drag Syndrome and uh, how you guys came together? Drag Syndrome, it's um, it's it's really good, and we also met Daniel. Yeah, he's our director. We have people with lots of makeup, lots of things. Lots of it goes on in drag. And, and, and what made you guys so interested in drag? Justin, so you are a ja- drag king. Um, so what, what what made you so interested in doing that? Well, I was first dressed up like a boy, and I like to be a king, so I tried to be a drag king. <laughs> and I, 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 I've, I, I've seen some pictures and things of you guys, of and you look absolutely incredible. Thank you. Um, there's, there's more of you as well. There isn't, there's a whole there group is. of you, right? Yeah. How, how many people is it total? Um, I think quite a thousand people. No, around seven <laughs> drag queens. About seven hundred, maybe. <laughs> Just seven. <laughs> and do, do do you guys want to grow? Uh, Are you I'm, recruiting more people? I'm already growing up. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daniel, what 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 is your involvement in in drag syndrome? How did you get involved? So I run a an art company for artists with Down syndrome. Sure. So we have a, a dance company, theatre company, uh, and a year ago we were invited by Tom Vibert to see a space to perform a dance piece. And I came with uh, uh, Sarah Gordy, one of the artists. There were a couple of drag queens performing. So I asked Sarah, would you like to um, perform drag? And she said, yes. And then I came with the title Drag Syndrome on the Spot. Then I asked the rest of the guys, would you like to try drag? And they all said, for sure, rock and roll. And this is where it all started. Then we performed it for the first time at uh, Dolston in um, Vogue Fabrics Dolston. Okay. Before that, they, I asked the artist to research drag. So I explained them it's not about just having a costume, it's about transformation. Yeah. And then they researched drag, the history of drag, uh, style of drag and performance, and off we went. Amazing. And, and, and do you guys have, a, are there any particular drag queens or anything that you guys look up to? Mm, quite often there are lots around, around the world. Yeah. I, Not, th- I think there's so many yeah. interesting people out there. Yes, there is. And, and what about you, Justin? Well, there's a, I went to drag queens because I've been watching my first drag race. Yeah. And I've always intimidated by them, you know, by the transformation they do and stuff. And I'm into that. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, and then in terms of like representation and things like that, do you think that people with Down syndrome need to be seen more in the mainstream? Like what you're doing is incredible. I think it's getting you guys out there. Do you yeah. think we could do more to get you guys seen in things like movies and things like that? Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm making a film 
at the moment. You are? Tell, tell, tell us more about that. Um, I'm, I'm directing a horror film, and I'm a director. I'm directing a, this new film I'm making. Amazing. And, um, and what's, the, what's the story of the film? It's the story about lots of horror mm, there's also I am a, a main I'm a main character in the film and I'm playing the, the half bastard of funerals and I'm the master of the dead and what, what's the film is about t- t- um, tell him a little bit more a film is called hazard of the dead Yeah. And it's also age of 18 or over. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and when it comes to, like, casting people for that, would you want to cast other people with Down syndrome, other um, people with disabilities, or would you keep it more broad? I think I should give it more than a broad. Sure. Mm. But I, I think even having yourself as the main character would yeah. do a, a great deal for getting yourselves out there. Yes. And I'm just finishing the bit at the start, and now I'm doing the middle and the end. Amazing. Uh, I got some scary surprises at the end of the film. Mm. Oh, well, I can't wait to see it. When, when, is, when is this due to be made? When is this mm. due to come out? It might come out on a disc, on DVD, or maybe I went to 18 film festivals. Ooh, mm. 80 film festivals. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot to get through. It is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a lot of experience in film. I, I do. He mm. was awarded the best actor in Cannes Film Festival. I did. Mm. Yeah, I was nominated for BAFTA. I did. Amazing. Mm. All the, all the incredible things. Yes. You're just right up there with it. I am. <laughs> and, uh, and where would you guys like to take drag syndrome um, in future? What would you like to do with it? I think we should, should do a theme week. Interesting. T- tell me more about that. Um, our theme week is going to be calling drag syndrome heroes and villains. Ooh. Well, for me, taking drag is around the world. Yeah. Like taking all different kinds of disabilities and... All different people with disabilities and make, making them come in and making them be a part of drag and drag is important about what we do and yep. people, if people out there have their natural talent and what they get that and love drag, come to drag syndrome and come and do what we do. Yeah, so, so is the collective currently, is it just UK based at the minute? Well, it's the UK and also the US. Oh, okay. But would you like to expand that, I guess, into other countries around the world? Yeah. Where, where, where else would you take like it? Canada, uh, Norway, Sweden, anywhere really. Yeah. We've already been, to, where, where have we been? We've, We've been, been to, to Sweden, yeah, Stockholm, and I went to Oslo in Norway. But Amazing. my favourite one I definitely was Oslo. And, uh, and what kind of performances do you do? I, I mean, I know you mm. like to do the makeup and everything I else. I used to do the one-man tribute at. Oh, mm. uh, the drug. Yeah. What, what kind of performance, what drug performance do you do? Um, not... I did loads of performing before I did dragon amazing that's so cool well guys I've I, we're gonna do a little bit of music now and then we're gonna chat a little bit about all the incredible things you're doing yeah. so this is a little bit of picture in my mind I love it I don't know if I'll get through this I'm alone it strikes up I really, really want to talk about now about kind of haters out there. You know, I know that both of you have been kind of, you, you've been victims of hate in the past. You've had people trying to tear you down. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit about your experiences and how you use drag to overcome that? Do you want to start us off, Justin? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, 
those haters out there don't even like my drag. But sometimes I think it's no, I think it's bad to hate haters because doing drag is what we do, and I can't let anyone out there know that we don't like what we what we're good at. But we have to say that we are a company here, and we don't deserve to be treated like that. Mm. I know we have our ways. But it doesn't matter if it's that bad because this is what we do for a living. I mean, if you think that's bad for us, then you've got to stop what you're doing and talk about what we do best in life. We can't just make our lives bad or shit. Mm. And and do, do, do you think that sometimes, you know, people living with disabilities often get a lot of hate and then LGBT plus people get a lot of hate? And do you think sometimes that that can be almost amplified for you guys and other LGBT plus people with disabilities? Yeah. We don't, they don't hate us at all. Yeah. Drag is lots of things about us. Mm. Drag syndrome, eat your heart out. <laughs> mm. uh, t t tell us a little bit about, um, Harora, tell us a little bit about yourself on stage and how you use your drag persona to mm. kind of tackle that hate. Um, I do lots of, lots of trivia acts. Mm. Yeah. And lots of power. Yeah. And lots of little bit. You need to be, you need stage presence, you need charisma, you need lots of. Sometimes people use lots of dark secrets. Oh. Dark secrets not nobody else knows about our dark secrets. Oh, uh, but you bring them out on stage. Yeah, I do, yes. Mm. I like that. Mm. I, th I think drag queens have kind of notoriously um, almost used makeup as a form of armor. Their, you know, their wig, their clothes, their makeup, all of it is a way to present themselves as fierce and a way to put themselves out there. Do you think you guys kind of use it as almost like an armor to, mm -hmm. you know, fight back against the we world do, and the actually, haters? Yes, we fight back, especially me at that festival. Tell us about. Tell I've he I've heard rumors about this. T tell us more yes. about that. Um, there's one thing about that place we actually me and Daniel we went to that festival it's uh there was one security guard you can't leave him there he's down syndrome some somebody said that to you to you yeah uh, uh, what's that festival called wilderness festival yeah that's the one and and, and they didn't want to let you in or you can't leave that down syndrome here and the people from the toilets you no we're not going to let you in because we got down syndrome that's absolutely horrendous and i'm so sorry that that happened to you it does and, and and do you think you kind of you know again going back to your drag do you think you use those awful experiences that happened to you do you think you use those on stage we as part of your transformation we use it on stage but there was it's a lot ups ups and downs quite a lot like a seesaw. Yeah. One person speaking and the other one is the other one. Yeah. So it's, de it's, more, it's definitely a collaborative. It's you work together to yes. your shared experiences. Yeah. And I know you've got some absolutely amazing things. I know you're going on tour. Do you want to tell me a little bit about oh, that? Yeah. You, you don't. You're shaking your head at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why you can't remember the dates? <laughs> well, yeah. There is one place we're going to. It's called the Ace Theatre. And we're going to perform it in the 10th of March. Yeah, 7th of March at Ace Hotel, the Miranda at Ace Hotel. Yeah. And then we have a big tour around the oh UK yeah. 
and around Europe and the yep. USA on the cards. Yep. So there are plenty, plenty, plenty of dates coming. I am the wild card. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> and, and it's quite amazing how the, the culture and art community yep. accepted them as artists. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we went to uh, Sweden, to Stockholm, yeah. what happened, Aurora, when you arrived in, the, in your taxi to the club to perform? Um, I opened the taxi door and they all began to went ballistic on me. But, but, but in a good way, in, yeah. a, in a celebratory yeah. way. Screaming yes. fans. Screaming fans. Oh my gosh. Lots of men, lots of women. <laughs> yeah, sold out shows in uh, Sweden, sold yep. out shows in Norway. Yeah, a, ama amazing crowd, we, art crowd, also, drag crowd. We actually performed at the, the Royal place we, we went to the the shakespeare globe theater yeah yeah you performed the shakespeare globe in alternative miss world that's a real honor isn't it to it perform is. in there um i'm also a, also a, a big competition i am the competition I've <laughs> i actually won the thing yeah you won alternative miss wilderness in the festival that that abused you but yeah. you got the crown, Alternative Miss Wilderness. I mean, what, was this an official crown? Yeah. Or was this something yeah. that yeah, you yeah. guys did? By Logan. Yeah. Someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the guy that... Um, Andrew uh, Logan. And, yeah, mm. nice one. Andrew yes. Logan mm. is the director of uh, Alternative Miss World. Amazing. And they did um, a, a, a competition in the Wilderness Festival. Yeah. Um, Horoshibang was invited to compete. And she yeah. got the crown. Of course she did. I mean, how yes. could she not? Yes. <laughs> I, fe I, I feel like, um, you know, I feel like you guys are such warm and friendly person. And, and, and massive yeah. flirts, by the way. Both of you. The second I walked in. <laughs> like flirty. Maiden. Both of you. <laughs> like Maiden. Yeah. That's my job. <laughs> yeah, it is your job. Um, and I, I That's guess all my budget. That's in your budget. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I guess people, you know, how do people respond to you? They must, like you were saying, they, they absolutely adore you when you step out. Do, do you yes. think you're warm and friendly and bubbly personalities? Well, we are. Mm. We are quite bubbly and we're quite excited mm, to be performing with amazing Daniel. Mm. Daniel, you don't perform yourself, or do you? No, not with them. I no. wouldn't dare. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they will steal your crown. Oh, Come yes. on, Daniel. Don't be a coward. They're, they're very strong performers, really. Yeah. So very strong. On the 7th of March, uh, when we perform at Ace Hotel, we have amazing uh, yeah. guest queens uh, like Caramel that performed with us before. Yeah. yeah. Ticey, Cassandra, uh, Honey Fox. So they're quite big drag queens. Yeah. And when they're performing on stage, I wouldn't dare to go with them. No, and no, I, no. I, I, I wouldn't either. You're like I wouldn't. our manager. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't dare step on a stage with you two. I think you'd destroy you me. You'd be great on it. You'd ruin me, wouldn't you? Well, I'll grind you. <laughs> You'll grind on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of want to get on stage now. That sounds fun. Well, you're hot. <laughs> Thank you very much. I order you to go on stage. <laughs> All right, you're in. Right, I'm in, I'm in your next performance, okay? If you get, are. Get mm. me in. Um, mm. Well, guys, we're, we're coming towards the end of the show, but I do have one last question for you, and I just want to know, like, what does it feel like when you're Ooh. on a stage with a, you know, a crowd of adoring fans? What well, does for that me, feel like? it feels amazing because it feels like I'm a different person. It feels like I'm communicating with different people, and it feels great to do that. And 
Every time I like to go to a party, I like to touch people's abs, and it feels great. <laughs> and I've always wanted to be drunk because it's my character, and I love to party when I'm drunk. But when I'm in myself, I'm not more of a party person. I'm more, more tucked up in my room doing what I do. But but also, I'm more of a person that does a lot of parties, and I want to get drunk, be with guys. I don't always want to be with Daniel. I want to be with different people because I'm always going to mix it in the crowd and. There was one time I was in Stockholm, I, I was thinking that I was out of breath. So I went upstairs, I passed out, and they came back down to party. <laughs> <laughs> oh it sounds like you were fun on a night out. Well, I, baby, I mean, I'm I always out there, I'm <laughs> always there for men, I'm always coming for more. <laughs> <laughs> My hero, honestly. And Aurora, what does, it, what does it feel like for you when you're on stage? Um, it feels me on stage, it's like people, like, like a it's like cheering. It's like an earthquake. Oh wow! Well, yeah, yeah. Is is like gods. That sounds absolutely amazing. Well, you guys have been such incredible guests, and so your next show is coming up seventh uh, of March. Yeah, and that's at the Ace Hotel. Is that in London? Yeah, yeah, in Shoreditch. Um, people should absolutely come along. Um, they should. Yes, it sounds yep. incredible. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on the show, guys. Um, I'm going to play you out. Oh, and also, I just have to say a quick thank you to our other guests on the, who we've had on today as well. So we had the absolutely amazing Ben Taylor on earlier. Thank you so much to him. And we also had Sue Sanders, founder of LGBT Plus History Month. Thank you so much to all of our incredible guests this week. And we will see you next time. See you later. Bye for now. You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.